so far away, Lucas. I, I can see there's a stitches. Very happy to see me back there. Stitch is very excited today. The stitch, are we going to explain what that is, or is it just too no, funny? Not? No, no. Okay. No, it's fine. So, it's fine. welcome, one and all, to another episode of Wiki Weekdays, the podcast where myself, uh, Carl Smold, and my co-host, Lucas Holland. Hello there. I'm uh, trying to tamper with like my um, wiki to discuss this week on screen, and my mouse just disappeared, and I'm like trying <laughs> no, to just where'd go, where'd go, where'd go? <laughs> yes, and uh, as the name suggests, um, Wiki Week Days is the podcast where myself and Lucas track down um, uh, a wiki from the lengths and breadths of the internet and bring it forward for discussion. And I believe this week, my friend, you are going first. And um, while you um, you know prepare your wiki for presentation, just a reminder for the audience at home that we have a little game on Wiki Week Days where it is uh, which wiki won this week. So uh, feel free to let us know in the comments after listening to the whole thing. Um, to let us know which wiki you personally found most interesting, entertaining, or just altogether, you know, just insightful, I guess. Like, there's many words we could use. Like, a lot of people get a lot of different things out of this podcast. I feel probably more people than I'd, like, care to know probably listen to this to go to sleep. Yeah, and, you know, as a person who listens to podcasts to go to sleep, I say fair play. Yeah. I do not judge people for that. Yeah, we'll tell you what, let us know how good a night's sleep you had listening to this. Just... I was, gonna, smooth, I was gonna make a loud noise into the mic. Smooth, dulcet tones. Yeah. Letting you sleep far, well, far away. I was gonna like do something awkward into the microphone, but considering I can't put down my coffee cup without someone complaining it's too loud, I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But what wiki do you have for us this week, Mulfra? Well, I have a wiki that is essentially just like a jumping off point. Okay. Um, which we do sometimes. We do indeed, yeah. And I like I'm I'm getting really hyped listening to people um Right now we're recording just after Gamescom's happened and like people mm-hmm. are talking about Starfield. I'm getting really hyped about the idea of playing Starfield and I'm like, yes. don't want to do a wiki on Starfield yet because the game's not even out. It doesn't exist. So I thought I'd talk about one of my favourite little encapsulation moments in one of the Fallout games. Which is? Which would be Vault 108, which is one of the fan favourite vaults that everybody knows about. Is this the Gary Vault? It is the Gary okay. Vault, so of the, course this, it is. This might be one of the most requested things we get to talk about. Of like, Joe, it'll be really fun to talk about the Gary Vault. From, it's like, what is it to talk about besides it's got a bunch of people in it called Gary? <laughs> <laughs> and I figured it, it's just a, a fun way to have, as I say, a little jumping off point to discuss Bethesda, Bethesda games and Fallout games in general. Of course, yes. So we're all on the same page. What does uh, the Fallout wiki say about Vault 108? Well... What it says, Carl, is Vault 108 is a Vault Tech Vault located in the capital wasteland in 2277. Mm-hmm. It is located south of Canterbury Commons and northeast of Colvega Factory. And um, this one was Fallout 3, I believe, right? Yes. Um, Fallout 3 is the one that everyone dislikes. And then, and then Fallout, Fallout New Vegas is the one that everyone likes, yeah. yeah I remember one of the articles I wrote many years ago that got me the most hate mail is when I accidentally credited um, New Vegas to Bethesda. And oh. you better believe that... <laughs> oh, it's Obsidian made that game. Obsidian. Like, um, um, we, re- we fixed it within an hour. Yeah. And I was still getting emails about it a week later. <laughs> Even though we fixed the article and changed the credit... Because clearly, like, you know, he'd been posting a forum somewhere and they were just reading the forum, getting mad and finding me. It's like, oh, always check for corrections, folks. 
Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing, you know, obviously everyone deserves the credit and Obsidian made a very good game in New Vegas. Did, yeah. So just like it just made what Fallout 3 was great for mm-hmm. and just, you know, let you have an ending that was actually legitimate. Lucas, this is your journey, your path. <laughs> I, I can't take away this choice from you. Forks, the radiation immune super mutant, as your mission is walk into a radiation filled chamber that will insta kill you the second you walk inside. Uh, it might be the most yeah, the most the most bullshit excuse I've seen for selling DLC. And that's the thing is like yeah, you had to buy I think it was like the broken steel DLC to, to then unlock like the continuation after you the end of the game. Or the end also, of the main yeah. quest. I believe, if I'm thinking correctly as well, I think that that DLC also included a line by Fox. Oh, like it yeah, added the I option think, to do that. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is like they they allowed different ways of doing it. Also, if you went in and did it yourself, you just woke up and they went. It turns out the radiation didn't actually kill you. Mm-hmm. You just passed out for a while. It's like imagine having a game as big as like a Starfield, a Fallout, a Skyrim, mm-hmm. one of the other Elder Scrolls, whatever, and just being like, oh, the moment you finish your main quest, you're done with the game. Yeah, and keep your hands off the game. Never tells you this. That's one no. of the chief complaints. Until you're in the room where you can't yeah. leave, you're not allowed to leave yet. It yeah. even has unique end game items that you can pick up in that room and never <laughs> use. Oh dear, but. We'll go back to, you know, Fallout 3's actual, like, fun moments, which were the side quest, not the main quest. Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, you couldn't go to Vault 108 if you decided to do the main quest first. Yeah. And that is just, yeah. it was a baffling decision all around. It was indeed. Uh, construction on the vault began in March 2061 and was cut short in December 2069 due to mm-hmm. work stoppage. It was built to accommodate 475 residents for a total of 38 years. And bear in mind, like, we are, what, in 2277? So the 38 years, it, that, that has not come to pass. Exactly. And um, something that becomes very clear, pretty much from the outset in, like, every Fallout game, is that Vault-Tec is an evil corporation. Like, mm-hmm. the Fallout series is a very obvious just teardown of capitalism mm-hmm. and how it doesn't work and how, like, profit, like, um, above all else, always leads to failure and ruination for companies. And how funny is it to you that no matter how much or how clear the game is in that with that messaging, you always get someone who's like, no, it's not. It's not political in a game called Fallout. About, yeah, a literal fallout of a nuclear war. Caused by politics. And then the results. And then the fact like corporations and rich people. Yeah. Use their Still got that 10 power. penny tower. Of course. Still my favorite thing to do is just let the ghouls in. Yeah. Just... <laughs> Like, literally eating the rich. Yeah. And um, it's that thing, is it? Like, everybody always says, like, Megaton, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Because the game pushes you straight to Megaton. So 99% of people must have had that interaction with Megaton of, like, do you blow up the city or not? That is, like, one of the early game iconic moments. I, I still find it hilarious that that's presented as, like, a moral choice of... It's the good choice to not... N- cause nuclear annihilation again. Yeah, but, you know, also, they are literally asking for it. Some of them, anyway. Some people, yeah, they have, like, the work, like, is it the children of the atom? The children of the atom that are like, no, we were meant to die via this bomb. We were meant to be blown up. Let us die. It still cracks me up that, like, 
uh, there's a really great H Bomber guy video on it of like why Fallout 3 sucks, mm. where he's talking about how the morality system in that game is laughable. Mm-hmm. Because the choices are like, you know, murder someone or don't. And they yeah. talk about how uh, they single out like reviews of the game. Mm. Talking about like the complex morality system over oh, footage of them yeah. shotgunning innocent people in half with vats. <laughs> it's like, oh, there's no nuance. There's no nuance allowed in video games, Lucas. And that's the thing is, we obviously started out with morality systems being very good for Star Wars games, and that's all about it mm-hmm. because it's- it was just, oh, Jedi or Sith. Would well, you know else had a really great morality system? Fallout Two. That's why people right, like uh, yeah. Vegas so much, because it makes the morality a lot more nuanced. And there's like the ability to talk through your problems and, you know, mm-hmm. get people to come around to your line of thinking or vice versa. You go around to theirs. That's why they have yeah. like the weird faction system. And the faction system is like, you know, very good. And one of the reasons why I kind of like stuck with Fallout 4, but didn't. It again, Fallout 4 was like. Oh, we're improving the combat, and we're doing the base building, and the RPG side kind of fell to the wayside a little bit. Another settlement request aid. Yeah. From the Minutemen. Um, like that guy, Preston Garvey, you can tell, he bought, <laughs> why did he buy out? But I remember once, I was like, I think I was in the middle of an enemy base, and he teleported behind me saying, another settlement requires aid. <laughs> like I was in the middle of, like, what is it, the, the Institute doing their mission, yeah. and he just appears mm. behind me. That a settlement requires aid. It's like, is it not clear that I'm in the Institute wearing like, Institute armor that I want to be on their side, not yours? You're up in, like, was it like the Brotherhood of Steel, like a Zeppelin that you're on mm-hmm. and just pressed and just like teleports in, like, hello? And I find it so funny, though, speaking of like, NPCs, it's like, mm-hmm. we've done all this work to make a thousand planets in Starfield. It's good. the biggest, most impressive, like, Bethesda RPG that you've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And it like pans to a conversation, and like you still see the NPCs are just dead behind the eyes. Like, help me! Yeah, it's a, it's just a, a quirk of the game. But the thing is, though, I've seen Baldur's Gate, and that's similar. Well, you know, you similarly have like you no know, people just standing stock still, and you talk to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say I want to fuck a lot more of the NPCs in Baldur's <laughs> Gate than I do in Starfield. Because <laughs> you know what. Fall- Based off the posts I've seen online, a lot of people agree with that sentiment. Lucas, you can literally bear back a druid. He just turns into a bear and he's like, is this okay? And you're like, yeah, I'm down with fucking this bear. I'm down for having a homosexual, um, uh, some mutual homosexual masturbation with a bear. The thing is, like, what about when the druid, like, turns into an eel halfway through and just, like, slides up inside you? Hey, man, takes all sorts in the the Dungeons and Dragons universe. (laughs) It does. And that's the thing is, like, it's it's um, something I've seen presented online of like, oh, if um, Baldur's Gate was like an anime game, everyone would hate it because it's so horny. But like, all of a sudden, it's D and D, and everyone's like, "Yay, horniness!" It's like, yeah, probably. It's because true, if be it was fair. an anime game, you wouldn't be having like sex with like cool vampire dude. It'd be like underage, um, big titty dragon girl who looks eleven years old. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why everyone's like, "Who do you want to fuck?" It's like, well, the vampire because he's just like this handsome. Older gentleman with like you know fly ass fashion no, sense. Carl, the girl only looks eleven. She's actually a thousand years old. It's like, no, yeah. no, stop. She's an eternal dragon. It means it's legal. It's like no. So from what Not I've seen okay. as well, 
like Baldur's Gate, like you know, has a variety of body types and um, uh, sexualities catered to. And oh yeah, it, it really seems like to the point of like, do you want to fuck a bear? Yeah. It seems like it's got many people catered to. I do like that the people who just do the classic of I'm nice to every NPC and I'm sex with a bear. What's going on? <laughs> do the thing where you just they click every positive interaction, which is obviously something they've learned from games like Fallout, where it's like, if you want the best option, just pick the positive option for everything. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, pick the option you want to give. It's a role-playing game. What what would you say in this situation? There's no wrong answer. And the only wrong answer is the one that you don't want to give. And that is what happens in a lot of video games, right? If you just commit one way or the other, like, you're bound to just have things happen where, for example, when I did um, a playthrough of Mass Effect where, like, mm-hmm. my shepherd was a good person... And I did Paragon Run. It was just, oh, all of a sudden, every single person on my spaceship thinks I'm flirting with them. Which I think, I'm just trying to be a nice captain. Which actually might be inadvertently one of the most realistic representations of being a woman ever seen in like a video game. <laughs> where if you're just nice to men, they think you want to sleep with them. Yeah, and, and they like, didn't realize that. Like, I normally play as like Fem Shep, so yeah. that, that's why. Yeah, but yeah. There's nothing better. I find it so funny. I'm just, I'm just trying to be a nice, friendly captain, and everyone's like, "We'll bang, okay?" It's like, no, no. There will never be though, a, like a shit post more legendary than Commander Shepard being like, <laughs> "We'll bang, okay?" Did you ever see they got Mark Mears to say that a con once? Yeah, like Mark Mears, the voice of Commander. People don't know there's a very famous shit post of just, "We're gonna get Commander Shepard." Like, "We'll bang, okay?" <laughs> just every time he speaks to someone, he's like, "Well," and it's just. Uh, and they got the voice actor for Commander Shepard to say it live, so now that sound clip exists of just Commander Shepard being like, hey, I just wanted to bang you. Well, bang, okay? <laughs> and it's like the fact that he's basically just, that Commander Shepard is just Glenn Howerton. And the, the thing he's is, Dennis, it's like the it? most accurate representation of Shepard. He's just Dennis, in it? It really is. It's like just the, the, the Shepard method. Well, it's, the it's, it's Dennis, but the, like with actual charm and allure. I- I will never stop laughing at that bit in Always Sunny where those two girls are getting invited back to Paddy's and they say they've got a boyfriend. Oh, where yeah. Charlie Day turns all the way around before Glenn Howerton did. He's just himself laughing. And people go look up the scene on YouTube of just like, um, Always Sunny, I just wanted to bang you. It's and like, you're like, yeah, they, they <laughs> to clarify, it's like, He's inviting them back to like um, their safety bunker during mm. a storm, so I might help you find the clip a bit easier. And just but yeah, like, you, you just see Charlie Day in the show. Completely, like, yeah. He's like, he completely turns all the way around. Yeah. <laughs> he just he, about as close he gets to walking off of set, <laughs> where he, and you can see him visibly shaking with laughter as Glenn Howerton like goes full sociopath and is like, "Did you not know that I was inviting you?" to my bunker, to bang you. And it's just, in my head, I'm like, I can only think of Commander Shepard. We'll bang, okay? And <laughs> it's so good! I love that line. Shout out to Glenn Howerton for just, like, that role in general, but I find it so funny because it's like, well, Charlie's just called Charlie, um, and then you've got... Rob McElhenney is Mac. Uh, Rob McElhenney, who's Mac. And then Glenn Howerton, when I just decided to not be called my own name... Because I didn't want anybody to associate me with that character because of how bad that character's going to yeah. be. Like, how did he never? Did you see that he was in like the running to play Ted Bundy in a film? He went to Zac Efron instead. 
yeah, like that's a. I think he did recently because there was like one. I, I remember there was like a when they were recording like the podcast for a while, and he had like a shaved head for another role, mm-hmm. and he was talking about like getting into the role of being a psychopath and stuff. And I think he did play like some kind of stalkery psychopath role for another movie, but. He's like, got, he plays that role so well. Yeah. Like I said, the Commander Shepard, like, well, bang, okay. <laughs> it's so, anyway, go tell him about his vault. Let's talk about Paul. Uh, so each um, each vault, if people don't know, is essentially the idea of the vault was not actually to save people. It was no. to perform experiments on the people they got inside under the law of safety. Um, But yeah, the premise of the experiment in this vault revolved around intentionally leaving all standard positions unfilled to be assigned personally by the overseer. This was with the exception of three named roles, including Zachary K. Jameson as Chief of Staff, mm. Jarek Maddox as Chief of Security, and Nathan Origin as a morale officer. Yeah, so my feed cut out for just a little bit there as you started talking about the um, the vaults being set up to uh, like for human experimentation. And oh right, okay, yeah. yeah. So um, it's just basically the three um, standard positions that are filled, and then the rest is all assigned by the overseer. Yeah, and it's just in the the Fallout universe, what they did is they used the like you know the vast networks they had to, as you said, perform experimentation. But a lot of it is unethical, genetic oh, yeah. human experimentation. Just to some of it for purportedly good reasons such as like you know trying to create perfect humans or but some of it's all done for shits and giggles like some of them are just done of like oh yeah um i think there's one vault where it's like we put 299 men and one woman in it just see what happened oh god yeah like little things like that but they also did the the alternative of like we did one that has like 300 women and one man Mm -hmm. just to see what would happen so basically you know committing people to like no horrible future i think we can all imagine Um what, like, you know, a post-apocalyptic world where either of those scenarios plays out would happen. Yeah, and it's, um... I think it's, like, all of them were set to be opened after a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that the decay of the radiation would mostly be gone. That's mm-hmm. kind of the point of fallout bunkers. Um, but I think it's Vault 101, which you started in Fallout 3, that one's experiment is that it never gets opened, right? Yeah, there's, there's a couple. And I think some of them mm-hmm. have, like, some of them are tests and um, are control groups. Like, some of them are just, like, simple things of, like, okay, we're going to give these people this kind of food and see what happens. And like I said, mm-hmm. it's just illegal human experimentation on a mass scale. Uh, it is, border, given that the universe that you're in is nuclear annihilation, it borders on genocidal. Yeah, and... You know, everybody who signed up for this these experiments does not know, apart from you know people like the overseers. Mm-hmm. Um, but who like sometimes for the, do know, sometimes don't. Yeah, for the for the majority of the time, it's that like pretty much everyone in the vaults do not know. They've just been told, "Oh, sign up and get your name in like listed for a vault because mm-hmm. that will keep you safe from the nuclear bombs that are going to go off." And that's they they just thought it was safety and then. It's actually just, yeah, as you say, illegal experimentation without them knowing. Um, just because they thought for shits and gigs. And speaking of illegal experimentation, what happened in Vault 108? Well, um, so it says, in addition to the um, 
most of the roles being unfilled, uh, the primary power supply was intentionally set to fail in 20 years, mm-hmm. just shy of half of the vault's intended active time span. So it must just be like 40-something years, maybe 50 years. Yeah, and again, um, just why not? Let's just see what happens if we give them no power after 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then the backup power supply, uh, Steam Whistle Mini Geothermal, would not be sufficient to power the entirety of the vault, a fact the scientists were aware of. Yep. In addition, the vault would be outfitted with three times the normal amount of defensive weaponry and lack standard entertainment. So it's just, yeah, the power's going to go out. You're going to only be able to power certain parts of the vault. There's no entertainment, and also there's weapons fucking everywhere. Yeah, there's nothing to placate people, and then there's mm-hmm. weapons. It's, again, it's, it's one of the things about the Fallout universe is it's under the surface that it has, like, you know, this, like Vault Boy is like, yeah, even the logo itself is like a dark joke. Of like, do you know where like, mm-hmm. the Fallout Boy thumbs up thing comes from? It's yeah, I believe it's um, if you hold up your thumb against a nuclear explosion, mm-hmm. your thumb covers up the explosion, you're a safe distance away. Yeah, which is why, like, um, Vault Boy is doing a thumbs up with, like, one of his eyes closed. He's doing mm-hmm. that. Like, everything in that is so, this dark humour. That is However, macabre yeah, sense of gallows humour that's present throughout the, the universe. For the most part, if you're not aware of that, it's just, oh, look, like, a fun little uh, Fallout Boy. And then just, like... Not not fall out by the band. Yeah. Uh, Pete Wentz just going mental in there. But like it's just oh yeah, he's happy and all the videos are like, Oh, look at this happy chappy. What if he got radiation? Oh, big whoopsie. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, okay. Look at us going into these vaults and living happily ever after. And it's yeah. like Yeah, it's all just as you say, that kind of like gallows humour and that, that macabre attempt at just like picking apart just the horrifying like dark side of all these corporations trying yeah. to like just keep you safe yeah a deliberate tear down of like capitalism and then people mm-hmm. still don't get it i, I always think it's that amazing image and the other one was like the guy going wow cool robots and it's like the fallout armor with like the actual yeah. message of the series like capitalism is like a mistake um corporations will like you know annihilate human need for profits <laughs> And then it's just like the guy be like, wow, I love like the amount of people who think that the Brotherhood of Steel are the good guys in Fallout oh, is hilarious. God, yeah. It's like, well, they're just trying to bring order to the wasteland. It's like via force. Yeah. It's like, or in um, Fallout New Vegas, the amount of people who side with the NPR. So like, well, trade mm. routes are safe. It's like, yeah, because they kill everybody who doesn't listen <laughs> yeah. to them. Is that is every it, single faction is just a different variation upon we will murder up, yeah. anyone that doesn't agree with us? It's like, right, okay. Yeah, and that's the whole point, isn't it? It's like everyone's an arsehole. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, even just going back to Vault 108, this vault is literally, like, they tell you you will be safe from nuclear war, and the intention is to have your power fail on you halfway through its active duty and then let everyone murder each other. Yeah, just to see what's going to happen. Yeah, to see if given no no entertainment and a lack of power and a heft ton of weapons, will everyone just result to murdering each other? And so how do we end up with like 50 Garys then? Well, uh, the, overse- the overseer role uh, scientist chose Brody Jones, who according to the pre-assignment medical test, had a genetic disposition for a rare type of cancer. They estimate this would cause his death in a little over three years after the project's start date, 
the scientists noted, noted that these two events should combine to allow a proper catalyst that allows this project to continue as planned, which means, again, you'll be left without an overseer and things are going to go wrong. Yeah, so they deliberately chose an overseer who was genetically predisposed to die after three years. When it's meant to be like a 40 to 50 year project, yeah. Yeah, so you want someone who's going to be in charge the entire time, so they wanted to create a deliberate power vacuum. Mm -hmm. Again, because why not? Because let's see what happens. Because fuck it, you signed on that dotted line. (laughs) Scientists within the vault furthermore engage in a series of cloning experiments, Carl. Ah, A holotape found in the cloning lab describes their efforts to clone a man repetitively in... It outlined the process in that every time the man, Gary, was cloned, he immediately became hostile to non-clones, with each one becoming more violent. After the 53rd was no different, the staff began to wonder what to do with all the clones, as the vault's observation rooms were becoming full. Of Gary's. Of just 53 different Gary's. The Gary's. And I think as well, like... People always talk about this vault. This vault is so fun, and it's like it's really not because the joke gets so old after the first, like after the eighth Gary. I want to say you got. I got sick of it by the eighth Gary, and there's fifty of them. That's the thing is, but it does provide a really fun, memorable moment when you walk into the vault, and all you hear is Gary, Gary, Gary. Yeah, it's like. Because that's all they say, right? Is just Gary. Yeah, they just say Gary, yeah. Because yeah, the, these people just are just clones after clones after clones are shoved in observation rooms that are not given any like entertainment or education or anything. It's just yeah. all they know is that they are Gary. They are the human equivalent of artifact of JPEGs. Yeah, like every basically. time that you like, you know, you you know, create a copy, like they get more and more deteriorated. A common then- trope in like media that involves cloning. Just at the end of this uh, description here, it says, Shortly thereafter, Gary 54 exhibited the same increased aggression, this time injuring Dr. Peterson during an examination. The entry also states that they will be destroying some of the clones to make room for, quote, many more tests. When the lone wanderer discovers the location, only Gary clones and creatures remain alive inside. So it's just... That, you know, thing that Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas do really well of, like, the environmental storytelling of, like, well, here's some, like, hollow tapes that tell you that, oh, Gary 54 and all the other Garys were, like, aggressive against Mm non-Garys. Now there's only Garys left. Yeah. It was like, you know, it's a series that's really good for, like, some of my favourite, like, moments in Bethesda games are, like, the little jokes they like to put in. Like, Fallout is, like, as a couple, like, you find, like, a skeleton wearing a... um, uh, an Indiana Jones hat inside a fridge, like not a yeah, Indiana Jones hat in the fridge. You find like skeletons, like holding like guns as if they've committed suicide. There's a troll there's in a, one of the, I think, Oblivion under a bridge, surrounded by fifty bottles of wine and a suicide note. <laughs> <laughs> just like the troll was sick of people making fun of it, so it just dry, stole all the wine. And that's the thing is like I love those um, ones. I remember one in Fallout that's like quite early in the game where it's just like. Um, there's like two skeletons that are like shoved into the corners of the, this like long hallway, mm-hmm. and there's a little ramp and a motorcycle like just inside the ceiling, and it's yeah. like, yep, yeah, okay, we saw what happened here. We tried to do that. But, like, um, the the other one that I like is there's a place. I think it's either in New Vegas or three, I forget which, where they have the um, it's a ship and they have a grated floor, 
And if mm. you go underneath the grated floor, it's just full of forks and spoons and knives because it's directly below the mess hall. So like oh, people okay. keep dropping forks down there and don't go get them. <laughs> just like little bits like that. I'm like, okay, that, that kind of makes sense. I like that. Yeah, and this is kind of like partly why I'm a little bit scared about like Starfield's planets all being like uh, procedurally generated apart from like, you know, the couple of unicorn planets. Mm-hmm. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. And I just... I really enjoy the idea that whenever I leave a place in one of these games, because the like body, the bodies and like items persist throughout the game, mm-hmm. is I leave them in a state to like have, you know. Though uh, I imagine in my brain like somebody else coming into this after me mm-hmm. and being like, "Why is everybody like stripped naked?" piled on top of each other next to the fireplace and there's just a bear rug on top of them it's like what is going on what, what happened here because the thing's like we all do it every now and again you like you boot up skyrim oblivion fallout mm-hmm. which one whichever one is it happens to be your poison and there's every now and again i'll go in and i'll always play as an argonian who steals people's shoes <laughs> just it's really funny to me like when i like go to my house and just what i do is walk into my house and just drop the shoes on the floor and leave it gets like, you know, like, you know, when you get 15, 16 hours in, you walk into your house and there's just 150 pairs of shoes on the floor. I, I don't remember. know why I do I don't know why I have that very specific compulsion in <laughs> Skyrim. I've mentioned it before, but I remember like um, mentioning that in um, New Vegas, I collected all like the T Rex toys that I could of find. Of course, yes. But then like going to get that footage on my 360 for like a clip for a Fat Fiend video. Yeah. And just my Xbox must have crashed like five, six times trying to just get a like bit of footage to show what happens when I move inside that room with like yeah. six hundred T Rex dropped. Like all the and physics it was just... that you get the Xbox melts trying to calculate the physics of six hundred little T Rex statues. <laughs> just... But I, I really that's why I just wanted to talk about this because like I love bringing up moments like that and I love the fact that you know they mentioned because they know they know and like in starfield uh star starfield right that's the game that's coming out i think so i, yeah. I don't i've said it so many times that i'm like well no, you're, starting to, you're starting to question it are you i'm just more um, looking forward to um uh elder scrolls just, 6 in 2030 yeah in a many many years but um yeah just in the like the breakdown for that they just had one woman that was like I really like holding people's spaceships up, boarding them, and stealing all the sandwiches and hoarding them. And it's like, yeah, they know exactly what people do in these games. Yeah, just I think I I never completed Skyrim because I just didn't give a shit. Because the cho- again, the moral choice of side with the racists or the racists. And it's like, well, I'm mm. just going to go do my own thing and just be I, an Argonian who steals people's shoes. I do remember. Um, I must have been about. Say thirty to fifty hours into Star uh, stuff into Skyrim, mm-hmm. and going like, why can't I charge my shouts yet? And then Googled it and went, oh, you have to do the second quest in yep. the main quest. And I went, oh, I still haven't started the main quest yet. Yep. Got it. Okay. Which is always like, do you want to be the Stormcloaks who are all racist? And obviously, playing as an Argonian makes all those quests really awkward. Mm-hmm. Which one plays the Imperials, who are also racist, but like in that way where it's like, okay, we'll let the Argonians live here, but only at the docks. So like you've got to go to the Argonian ghettos. It's like, how about you go fuck yourself? I'm going to steal all your shoes. Do you I'll join the Dark Brotherhood like... instead. The Dark Brotherhood, they don't care. 
Like watch which of like Tamriel's races you belong to, as long as you can steal shoes. Do you not just want to be a Yarl of Whiterun and no. like summon a storm accidentally in Whiterun and have everyone like struck by lightning and no. have a bounty on your head? That's what I did. Is like just accidentally called Storm because I didn't know what it did yet. Oh, to see and what all happened. the NPCs that could die in White Run died. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, but yeah, that that was just the Fallout Vault One Hundred Eight, the Gary 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 Vault, the Gary Vault. And there's not much to say about the Gary Vault, but I figured it would be fun just to talk about like Bethesda of course, and RPG yeah. games for a bit. Now, it's surprising how many people I have like nostalgia for that when it's like i guess it is an interesting moment in the game but the amount of like it's probably one of the most requested things about the series is to talk about the gary vault it's like what can you say besides a bunch of people called gary liver that are all clones i think it's actually more interesting like the setup of the vault than of course, the gary yeah. bit the universe itself is more interesting than the end result of the gary vault like, it's far more interesting to talk about the vaults themselves and their setup and the idea behind them at mm-hmm. least to me anyway yeah, to me as well. Like, I, you know, some people might just want us just to talk about 54 Garys for a long, long time. But to me, the concept of the vault is way cooler. It is to me, yes. Similar. But yeah, um, I guess we can take a quick break and then get onto your wiki card. Hell yeah. And we are back, Carl. We are indeed, yes. Before we get into my wiki, Lucas, we have some housekeeping to do, as we often do, yes. Of course, yeah. And um, just... You know, if anyone would like to to contact us about any business opportunities that may take place during said break in the middle of a podcast, Mm -hmm. wink, wink, then you can contact us at wikiweekends at gmail.com. I've noted that uh, clearly someone's, you know, started doing that thing of like submitting them to phishing stuff because... The spam's coming through hard and fast now on those emails. It's more if you just put your email address anywhere online. Yeah, 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 that's happens. the thing. Is like I, I noticed it happens like the um, as soon as it goes on one, like Spotify, for example. Like the, the one for the previous podcast is just like flooded every day. And it's just it's yeah. great. I will never well, forget though when uh, after we did that video on Fact Fiend where I said like fuck Donald Trump, someone signed. Uh, <laughs> it always makes me giggle because of like how petty they must have been to do it is they sign the fact fiend contact form up to gay youtuber connect.com or something like that and i was like it's i'm not gay and i don't need help getting laid but i like the idea that this guy got so mad like, you're really not i'm gonna sign up his youtuber contact business email to like get spam from a website for gay content creators to meet up and the fact so, they thought that'd be okay. an insult to me of like i don't I, I, I don't it's, see that as an insult. It's not very useful for us, but, you know, it's not an insult in any way. It's just cool. Okay. I, I love to I think about, like, you know, the psychology of the person who made that decision. It would have been way better and more insulting to, like, get signed up to Donald Trump's mail list. Yep. Which don't do that, by the way. No. No. That man Please needs don't. all the help he can get, but not from me. <laughs> he won't be getting any from us. And speaking of all the help you can get, <laughs> as you know, we've got more stuff like so. Uh... Well, yeah, I was just going to mention that, um, a, you know, as of the release of this podcast, um, a couple of days ago, Carl and I started playing through uh, Mass Effect on my Twitch channel, yes. which is Legend of Kanto. And the way that we are hopefully doing it, because I need to go make sure that it's working after 
we are done recording, yeah. is that um, view rewards should set our morality. So chat can basically decide whether during the moment we are going to be Paragon, Renegade, or Neutral. Yeah, I can't wait for people to get so mad when like one of the people dies because we don't, well, do, we haven't done a perfect run. It's like you can go watch fifty perfect runs on YouTube. Let's do one that's not perfect because that's at least different. <laughs> the entire, the entire premise and the entire reason we decided that, to do it this way was because, well, at least if we like allow chaos into the run, it's going to feel a bit different from the other ten times we played the game. It's like I always talk about when I went to play Undertale, and every person it was like, "You're doing a perfect run, right? You're doing a pacifist run." You're doing a pacifist mm-hmm. one, right? And it's like, why do you only ever want to see one version of this game play out? <laughs> yeah. Same thing with like, you so, know, another game like Detroit Become Human. Like, you can't do streams of that game because if you try and do like the non-good run, people get mad right. to the character they like dies. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the whole point of a role-playing game. <laughs> Decisions sometimes be, don't work out. Yeah, there's meant to be consequences to your actions. And if you want to embrace chaos, yeah, just come over to our Twitch. We're going to be doing it. Um, on Monday nights, mm-hmm. um, 10 p.m. BST, roughly. Um, you know, I say roughly because it's normally about 10 minutes past 10. But, you know, yeah. 10 p.m. BST. Um, and, yeah, we'll just be going through some Mass Effect 1. Mass Effect 1, we're not committed to the entire trilogy because mm-hmm. we're seeing how the first one goes through and seeing Indeed, uh, yes. how we want to carry on. But, yeah. And it seems like we're doing a very video game heavy podcast today lucas because i have picked um, the wiki for nico bellic Ooh, okay so, you know grand theft auto 06 is like constantly being rumored to come out soon like mm-hmm. there's not been any like you know hint of an announcement but there was that leak a few months ago where someone just hacked in and got oh here's just a working build of like grand theft auto 06 yeah but carl like grand theft auto 06 is coming out this year right I don't so, know. Uh, people have said every year for like five years. Yeah, it's going to be 06 and the Switch 2 coming out this year. Let's go. But yeah, <laughs> for anyone who maybe isn't familiar with the character of Nico Bellic from Grand Theft Auto 4, the protagonist from that game, uh, we have his wiki uh, entry here, which of course will be linked below. So Nico Bellic, in Serbian, a word I can't pronounce, is the protagonist of Grand Theft Auto 4 and a supporting character in both The Lost and Damned and The Ballad of Gay Tony DLC. He's also mentioned at least, you know, very briefly, in Grand Theft Auto V, and um, is a character the player can select in Grand Theft Auto Online as the parent of their um, online creator character. <laughs> I didn't know So one of the things they do in, like, the can online... can be the son or daughter of Nico. Yeah, you pick, like, um, a mum and a dad, and then you basically create, like, a blend of those, <laughs> basically just two NPCs from the game. Mm-hmm. And they do something similar in, like, all the online games for um, uh, Rockstar. And there's a couple of like ones you can get. You can get Nico. I think you can get Claude. Claude from GTA 3. Uh, oh, you want. yeah, yeah. Claude, yeah. There's a couple of those. But yeah, so Nico grew up in Yugoslavia where he fought in the Yugoslav Wars. Uh, he later worked for organized crime syndicates as a hired gun in Liberty City. And ever since the wars ended, one of his main goals to find and kill one of two men, Florian Kravic or Darko Brevic, for one of them betrayed his military unit during the wars and nearly killed him. And he is the cousin of which character, Lucas? Of course. Everyone's favourite bowling companion, Roman. Roman, let's go bowling! <laughs> Do you know what? My favourite bit about Roman is, is that you can actually max out like his relationship with Nico by inviting him to go bowling and then just hang and telling him he can't make it. <laughs> because the boost you get to your relationship for asking him to go bowling 
is like uh, more than the negative points you get for saying you can't make it. Right. So, so you yeah. could just like get him to a hundred percent by repeatedly asking him to go bowling and saying, "Sorry, I can't make it, mate." <laughs> Maybe next time, Roman. <laughs> but like, he still improves your relationship with him enough to get away with it. You're just like going up a little bit every time. Yeah. And then we have like, you know, so the basic biographical information for Nico. We have full name, Nico Bellic, also known as Nikolai, Nikki, Nikki Boy, Nico Boy, Jimmy, NB, Money, Mr. Balkan, Mr. Mention, Mysterious European, The Yokel, and Rude Boy. And his place of birth is Yugoslavia, which isn't confirmed in any game. And this is one of the reasons I want to mention this of. Um, mm-hmm. They have never confirmed in any piece of Grand Theft Auto media where Nico Bellic is actually from. They always describe him as being from a grey part of Eastern Europe, and they took part in like the Yugoslav Wars. That's all yeah, they ever say. I always remember it as like a vague Eastern European background. Yeah, and they just because yeah. by by design, you're not supposed to know where he's from. They say he's from a grey part of Eastern Europe, and like you know, he sp- he speaks Serbian. So people think he's from Serbia, some people think he's from Yugoslavia, some people mm. think he's from like the, one of the Balkan nations, but the whole point is you're not supposed to know. But fans of video games don't like not having a definitive answer. <laughs> so Nico Bellic's page on both Wikipedia and the Grand Theft Auto Wiki is one of the most edited when people just keep going in and editing where he's from. Mm. Even right. though there's never been any direct confirmation from anyone involved with the making of the game to confirm one way or the other. But Carl, you know, that would be interesting. Yeah. It'd be interesting for somebody to have like an undefined like, you know, um like area that they came from, but just no, we've got to decide for the game itself. Yeah. It's it's almost like it's not important to his character and therefore it's not mentioned. Well yeah, that's the thing, is all you need to know is vaguely Eastern European and now he's in he's now in not New York. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, but it's just one of those things I really like about um, gamers. You must have heard that, like, famous quote about gamers of gamers will optimize the fun out of video games. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to even discussions of media, like, you know, and it's, in general, just nerds, I think. It's like, you know, you can apply that broad concept to nerds as a whole of just they will optimize the fun out of anything. Mm-hmm. And, like, any, like, think about how many discussions we've had on this very podcast about, like, you know, various things, like, nerd interests, anime manga, films, video games, comic books. And then there's always one person who's like, well, no, actually it's this. Because they but, don't want to have a discussion. They say, well, if there's not an answer, I don't want to have a discussion. Carl, for the past, like, near on 10 years, I've been a Destiny player. Mm-hmm. And talk about, like, optimizing the fun. Like, whenever there is, here's a really, really fast but awfully boring way to get loot. People grind their face against that wall. Yeah, there's a, like, a really yeah. great um, uh, Folding Ideas video about it, about Warcraft, where he talks about how people have optimized the fun out of Warcraft to the point where if you don't have a perfect, flawless, optimum build, you will just get immediately booted from any raid. Right. Because yeah. without the optimal build, it'll take a few seconds longer and people can't be having that. Well, that was um, famous in Destiny 1 of Galahorn only. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have the exotic rocket launcher Galahorn that was optimal for DPS at the time, you would just get booted from every single like raid or whatever. Yep. Just any activity that was high level, if you don't have Galahorn, you're not in. I'm going to presume as well that includes the raid to get Galahorn. Uh, no, it was a random drop. So oh, okay. there was 
There was one time, one weekend, where Zer sold Galahorn, but at the time, rocket launchers were deemed useless for DPS, so, no one so it wasn't it. worth buying it. But then Galahorn was the exception, and no one realized until they had it. And then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, how'd you get it? Random drop. There you go. Just, it's just not. It's like you know we talked about um, like Star Wars like a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? And we were talking about you know um, uh, just little fun things about the universe that don't make sense to us, and it's like you know, it opens up an avenue for discussion that we enjoy. Like you know the thing about turning lightsabers off. Mm-hmm. And I put that on Twitter, <clears> and the amount of Star Wars ones like just they refuse to have the conversation. Like, well, no, in the extended universe, they say this. It's like okay, but that's not canon to the movies anymore. Let's talk. We're talking about the movies now. Not no, but in the extended units, they say this. Uh, okay, yeah. but we're not talking about this. We're talking about the movies. Do you want to have mm-hmm. a discussion? No, no, no. In the extended universe, they say this. Like, but we're not talking about this. We're talking about the movies, mm-hmm. and they, they can't uh, accept it because well, no, there's an answer. It's like, but it's not because they're different things. As I summed up, it doesn't stop the answer being fucking dumb. Exactly, because yeah. like. Uh, you you had one person say like, oh, the Sith find it like dishonourable or whatever, and I just kept and responding like... <laughs> with the picture of Anakin Skywalker cutting children in half with a lightsaber. <laughs> but we're not talking about Star no. Wars, girl. But I just thought it was an interesting thing that like Nico is categorically not from Yugoslavia. We don't know where he's from, and that's the point. But mm-hmm. biography, early life, Nico was born in Yugoslavia. <laughs> <laughs> It was implied that his father was an abusive alcoholic. And that's the thing. I love how they say definitively he was born in Yugoslavia, but it's implied that his father was an alcoholic. When Nico says in game, my father was an alcoholic who beat me. Oh, right. Okay. <sighs> his mother, uh, Militia Bellic, was unhappy that her son grew up in such a harsh place. In conversations with various characters, he realized that he had a brother who died during the war and also that he dreamed of becoming an astronaut when he was a child. Well, he can become an astronaut in the game. If you like glitch into that like swing set, the swing set, yeah. just Nico just ascends into the heavens. Oh, uh, it's like N- Nico I'm, will become an astronaut whether he likes it or not. That is the thing is, um, I obviously remember vague details about GTA 4's plot of like you know it's a breakdown of the American dream of mm-hmm. someone coming over to uh, Liberty City yeah. and find out that, oh shit, maybe life isn't just better in America. Mm-hmm. What's but, the whole um, point? The GTA series is a, a, a satire on American life. Yeah. And, and politics um, and consumerism and all that good stuff. I, that's, I don't remember too much about Nico or the story there, there from other than, like I say, the vague kind of overview. But I do remember all the dumb fun shit you could do with the physics like the swing set. Uh, of course, yes. And um, I, I always bring it up. I will never forget when I was playing Grand Theft Auto with a friend, we had a few beers, and just Nico Bellic jumped out of a helicopter 100 <laughs> miles in the air, landed directly on his neck, stood up and went, I fucking hate this country. It was like, what a man. What an absolute man. I still remember just like, nights where you know again we just sit there have a few drinks and pass the controller around playing Grand Theft Auto and one night culminated in like taking a helicopter through the train tunnels just to see can we get just in to there? see what happened and we got in there but then when a train came through shit went I'll never forget it's like one of the funniest things I have ever seen because I was playing Grand Theft Auto 4 with a friend of mine and he got into like you know the helicopter tour mm-hmm. like, and he was like in the helicopter tour. I guess it's kind of interesting that you can do this but I kind of want to stop now. And he's like, how, how do you like skip this, you think? Like, oh, press triangle. 
<laughs> which is the get in and out of a car button. I'll never forget, does he press the button and Nico, without a moment's hesitation, throws himself from the helicopter and just screams, starfishes to the ground, lands on the floor and dies. I just like remember thinking like that we were laughing so hard about what the image that must look like of you taking a guy on a tour of like so, uh, Mr. Belly, are you enjoying the tour? <laughs> so, on your left, you will see the Statue of Liberty. Whoa! Oh, I love that the Statue of Liberty in like the Grand Theft Auto universe is carrying a coffee cup, and also has a beating heart inside of it. Yeah, those games are amazing for like their um, uh, their Easter eggs and all that dumb stuff. Yeah, for uh, but- sure, and. It's like, I just, oh, I can never get over the fact that, like, every time you do dumb stuff like that, it's just, oh, you wake up 12 hours later with 2,000 less dollars and you're perfectly fine. It's like, what is in these hospitals? It's like, you know as well, Grand Theft Auto is not real because in the Grand Theft Auto universe, your hosp- the cost of staying in a hospital is proportional to your wealth. Mm-hmm. It's a fair system, which means that you know it's a satire. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we don't need to talk about the biography. All you need to know is that Nico Bellic, throughout the course of the game, can make its player determine what his actual story is, but ultimately either mm-hmm. loses a potential love interest or his cousin Roman. And the Avengers, either one, completes his story, retires from a life of crime. And there are a few Easter eggs in GTA V where they mention Nico and they say an Eastern European guy who's making big moves in Liberty City, but he's gone quiet. And mm-hmm. there's like an Easter egg where you can see like his, um, his Facebook equivalent in that universe's page. And they say, like, oh, he's there, he's, like, celebrating Roman's birthday, which would suggest that the ending where Kate McCreary dies and Roman survives is the canon one, but Rockstar have said that's an Easter egg. We've never confirmed one or the other what happened to Nico. I didn't realise that you could save Roman. Well, you get the choice, don't you? It's um, based on which mission you do, like, the penultimate mission. It depends on which of your... which person gets killed. All I remember from that game is, like, I remember Roman dying... So I guess I chose Roman to die. It's all I remember though is that after that happened, Nico Bellic walked in with a rocket launcher and ended everybody. Because like, what does that like? Nico Bellic <laughs> is such a fucking unit in that game. I'll not forget like yep. my friend was doing the assassination missions, and it was like it might be like, Agent Forty Seven himself could not have pulled off an assassination as slick as what my friend did. Where like he goes to the phone, the payphone. So okay, we want you to kill this guy. Hails a taxi. Calls the taxi, fast travels to the location where the the guy is, steps out of the taxi, drops to one knee, pulls out a rocket launcher, <laughs> shoots it, and before the rocket launcher has even like hit the target, has got back into the same taxi and gone back. Oh, <laughs> it's oh, just oh. like, what does that look like? <laughs> like Nico Bellic steps out of the taxi, one knee, rocket launcher, back in the taxi. Oh, I'm gone. I'm done. And he just hit the guy, and he got the like, the, the thing for, like, you killed the guy, escaped the area, yeah. and then he just fast-traveled away. I think um, one of my favorite clips of Grand Theft Auto, like, seeming, you know, stuff like that, is um, some clip I saw online of, like, Grand Theft Auto Five, mm-hmm. where Michael's piloting, like, I think it's like a giant Zeppelin or something. Yeah. And just crashes into the side of the museum which flings him perfectly out the window into the cutscene trigger, yeah. and he just stands up and walks into the cutscene like nothing happened. I love, like, because we talked about in you know, a Fallout, a sandbox-style game. Grand Theft Auto is mm-hmm. so good for, like, just seeing what you can do to break the physics of the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I played so much with my friend, and I remember, like, just the first time we were playing the game and got hit by a car, 
and the Euphoria engine in Grand Theft Auto 4. And we laughed so hard when Nico Bellic just went onto the bonnet, did a perfect starfish <laughs> and rotated six times. And we just couldn't stop laughing at how like funny it looked. Because like, we'd never, never seen a game that like, let you ragdoll. It's like, that thing, ragdoll is so good in video games. Put more ragdoll in video games. I'll never, ever forgive the lack of that Euphoria engine going forward. It was some weird rights issue. Was, like Someone else owned it and they just couldn't put like They had to get a worse version of it. It was like used in like GTA 4 and those two Star Wars Force Unleashed games and then I never saw it in like anything else. The Euphoria and it was so, so good. Apparently it just caused like massive physics issues. Like I don't care. Because they, they were funny though. Yeah, that's they the thing. They were so funny. I will never forget the moment where like my friend was in a gunfight. And like it was a cop like, you know, diving behind cover behind a car, and my friend got him in the foot behind cover, and he stumbled out like this, landed on the floor, <laughs> as he's like, and he tripped over his teammate who fell over and shotgun blasted himself in the head. And it's like, you don't get that kind of like emergent gameplay mm. in scripted games. It's like, it's I think a- actually the other game it was in was um, Max Payne 3. Oh, was it? And right, I remember okay. how much fun Max Payne 3 was when you could do shit like that. Yeah, because just, I know it was like, you know, dumb and probably like, really expensive in terms of um like you know your computing power and stuff so that's it was so probably funny, another reason they didn't use it going forward but like it was so funny to just see moments like that of like nico just like oh you're in a gunfight with some cops and some put like someone on in a car just like a pedestrian not a pedestrian just some uh, like random npc mm. in a car panics Drives past you, knocks you, and you just shoot yourself by accident. Yeah, like fly away and die. It's like, oh no! And so, like, I think it was my friend who did it. Like, again, it's the same mate. We just we get drunk and play Grand Theft Auto Four. Like, it seems mm-hmm. so funny. Like, you shot a rocket launch, and it, it, you think just the the way you said it is like a helicopter went past. You know, he just thinks he's so big. So he's got a helicopter, and I don't. <laughs> and shot the helicopter, and he's like spinning round. And he turned around, walked up, and the helicopter hits him. <laughs> Just a little bit for you, bring it out. Nico. Well, I was just going to mention one other thing. Okay, go for it. I remember when you, and I presume it was you and this friend had discovered this spot, but you then decided to show me, of like, mate, mate, I've got something to show you on GTA 4. And Is you the staircase? You got a fire engine and took it to <laughs> one, like, one route where there's no railing so the NPCs can be pushed off by the yeah, water. There's just for some reason, like, a two-foot high wall <laughs> that people can fall. So you just get a a fire engine and just spray water and people and you don't get in trouble for it and just me and Carl losing our shit seeing like how the NPCs all react differently to like just getting sprayed by a little bit of like little bit of fire engine juice just coming right at you well it's like um, a game that was similar but like it didn't nearly have as like as much like polish on it was the first Saints Row where for mm. some reason in Saints Row 1 they never program cars to have windows because they okay. no no car in Saints Row 1 has windows it's just one of those things like because they don't want to program in like you know glass smashing so what mm-hmm. you could do if you were really good is just like throw grenades through the windscreens of cars they went past and like, I remember my friend walking down like you had the pimp cane like that and just casually threw a fucking pipe bomb over his shoulder that landed through in the passenger side seat of a car that did like a handbrake turn as the guy jumps out and the guy was wearing a hot dog costume for some reason. <laughs> so he dives out of the car as the car explodes and just cartwheels through the air. As my friends always, Pimp Kane going, yeah, boy. <laughs> but just the look of someone in a Pimp Kane casually throwing pipe bombs over his shoulder. 
Oh, but pretty much going to four. The appearance of Nico. Nico has brown hair and hazel eyes. He has facial hair that resembles scruffy-looking five o'clock shadow, which fits his thuggish appearance. Nico isn't as heavily muscled as characters like Luis or Johnny. He's more, he's more slender than both of them. However, he still has enough physical strength and prowess to easily hold his own in a fistfight. And he's capable of pulling himself onto a ledge, um, but after hanging by his arms, so he can hang straight and pull himself. And I love that because Nico's like military trained. He has, like, mm. a counter, and it's, like, something that never comes up in gameplay, because based after the first mission, you have a gun. Mm-hmm. But, like, one of the most brutal things you can do is if someone comes at you with a knife, is just take the knife off them and stab them in the throat. Oh, God. And I will never forget, like, like again, same friend as mine when we were doing that. Like, just, there is one of the scariest things in that game is Nico with a knife. Because mm. he just, like, waves his hand like this, and just NPCs oh, just don't know how to deal. <laughs> It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says he's also strong enough to twist Bruce's arm with ease. Several characters throughout the story called Nico a big guy, which he often means that he is of tall stature and or heavy build. Which okay. makes sense, yeah. He's like, you know, former military dude. Mm-hmm. It says while he's like um, described as being of average build, um, he's in fantastic shape due to his lifestyle. Um, as a result, he can run for a like an extraordinary amount of time. And it, like, he almost never as well gets out of breath. Like you can sprint is, with Nico for like a good like two minutes and you won't get out of breath. According to my video game, just my safe follow GTA 4, his lifestyle was eating fast food and going to clubs and down and bottles of champagne at a time. I still think one of my favourite screenshots is a mod where they basically put Iron Man into Grand Theft Auto 4. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they, the screenshot they used to sell the mod is like Iron Man in the strip club. And it's like, that's the most realistic Iron Man game I've ever seen. And it's just like Iron Man in the full Iron Man armor getting a lap dance. Oh, oh dear. And they say that um, in the beta, however, Nico looked kind of different. He had he sported longer hair. And do you remember the thing that everyone got mad at that he wasn't wearing in the final game? No, no. Um, fingerless gloves, which are not available in any version of the game, have to be modded in with console commands. <laughs> and then we have personality and traits. Nico is clearly suffering from a quarter-life crisis. It's not the amount of rocket launcher wounds he had in my game. <laughs> Nico in general frees frustrate. Nico in general feels frustrated, fatalistic, confused with his life's direction, and is pessimistic, overwhelmed, feels underappreciated, and is often very cynical in his outlook on life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has a very cynical, but wry sense of humor as well. I really like how Nico has like. A, he has this very understated sense of humour, and he often plays on people's like expectations of being like you know a dumb yokel. He's actually a lot more yeah. like um, uh, insightful than his outward appearance would uh, like you know uh, suggest. I did prefer kind of having um, that split in GTA Five though of like Nico's a very serious character for the most part, and I did like having the kind of you know. The serious character, the semi-serious character, and the complete psychopath in GTA V, depending Ooh, yeah. on what your mood was. And the way they talk about that is, if anyone... like The three protagonists in GTA V, it's Michael, Franklin, and Trevor. Michael's mm-hmm. a businessman. Trevor is like, you know... Oh, sorry. Michael's a businessman. Franklin's like, you know, like, you know a young, up-and-coming gangster. And Trevor is just mm-hmm. a psychopath. And that's supposed to be representative yeah. of the... Not only the three archetypes of player characters. So Michael, the businessman. Someone's like, you know, you, you Tommy Vassetti's. Franklin mm. is like, you know, your gang member, like your CJs, and Trevor is a, just a sociopath. So he's like, you know, the player character. 
Yeah. And the way they say it is it's the three different kinds of like GTA players, the people who want to make all the money, the people who want to like cosplay as a gangster, and the people who just want to cause chaos. And they're also mm-hmm. representative of like the three personality types, like, you know, the ego, the super ego, and the id. Yeah, and that's lot, the thing. Just, this is not me like reading too much into it. The developers have said as much. Yeah, and it was always most interesting to leave um, not playing Trevor for a while and then just like yeah. turn back into a, a Trevor and just be like, what is he doing right now? And it's just half of the time he's just like in a speeding car shooting at someone. Like, yeah, you can, be, you can start like a two-star wanted level. And I have not <laughs> played much GTA Five because I just didn't gel with the the physics the physics just felt they're a lot snappier but a lot less fun to deal mm-hmm. with but i did enjoy the 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 multitude of easter eggs they had for like, interactions where say for example if you just go to michael's house and start throwing hand grenades in his front garden you'll get a text saying please stop doing that or like <laughs> if you steal his car you'll get a message like bring the car back my wife's going like um, uh, mental yeah and it says here that without the player's direct control, Nico will never hit a female pedestrian. For example, when he carjacks someone, the animation can sometimes see him punch or kick the occupant of the car. We will only do this to male drivers. If the driver is female, Nico will simply pull them from the car and not cause any harm. Unless it's me playing and I, like, you know, whip that bad boy around and hit him with a bonnet <laughs> like they're in John Wick. And then we have, um, there is a section on naming errors and language. The name Nico means nobody or nothing in the Serbo-Croatian language. The surname Belic would not exist in that language as it does not allow consecutive consonants, i.e. the double L in Belic. It's uh, also pronounced with a hard C throughout the game. Nico himself used the incorrect pronunciation when introducing himself to the receptionist at the Goldberg, Ligner and Scheister um, lawyer's office in the mission final interview. A proper pronunciation would be Belich or Belich. Um, which, yeah, which I mean, goes. That basically means that his name is like nothing, nothing kind of thing. Yeah, and it also is like a deliberate, like a deliberate misspelling because I find it hard to believe mm. Rockstar didn't do any research on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it says that the surname Belich is likely derived from Russian rather than Serbian, which is incorrect. It's almost like he's supposed to be like, you know, like, you know, an allow. I'm trying to think of the word I'm trying to use now, not analogous. Like he's like you know a a combination of basically like he's just he's from made up his stance somewhere in Eastern Europe. Yeah, he's 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 from Eastern Europe. Yeah, and they like say, all of Eastern Europe. He just he's from all of it. He says that the name Nico is distinctly of Croatian origin rather than Serbian. The latter one prefer the name Nicola, and it's just one of those things. Yeah, of like that's the point. Like they and they mention that multiple characters in the game pronounce his name differently or give him nicknames mm. or like spell it and pronounce it. Well, yeah, because he's a foreigner in America, and Americans aren't generally familiar with foreign pronunciations, which I think is kind of a neat bit of like meta humor mm-hmm. that people repeatedly mispronounce Nico's name. Yeah, it's it's just so frustrating when you see like there's so many things that went into being like he is not from a country, he is from quote unquote Eastern Europe. Yeah, and they say, and they, then people are like, no, he's from Yugoslavia. So, and they right. say like his voice actor. Um, is American, and they, he said that the accent he assumes for Nico is a stereotypical Eastern European accent. Um, instead of being specifically Serbian, although Nico does speak Serban Croatian, it's frequently mispronounced or wrongly emphasized, showing that either the voice actor is unfamiliar language or that Nico speaks it as a second language. Then I would assume that both are true in that scenario. Yeah, and it's just that thing of like, you notice at no point there do we say like 
any specific country. They say like, you know, there's mm-hmm. elements and influences of Serbian, Croatian, a little bit of Russian, almost like he's supposed to be just from some vague area in Eastern Europe. And that's the point. Mm-hmm. But either way. It's like they're not trying to make a commentary on any specific country other than America. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the reason why he's not from a certain country. Yeah, but then people don't like that there's no definitive answer. So they say, well, no, he's from Yugoslavia. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. The, the entire premise of Grand Theft Auto was breaking down America. Yeah. And like it's British developers making fun of America. Yeah. And that is what GTA has always been. And that's why it's like, don't worry about where Nico's from. He's just he's from Eastern Europe. Yeah. We're not worrying about that. We're, we're talking about the fact he's in America now. It's like the one of the things I say, it's an, like, in my opinion, it's a nice little bit of meta humor that, you know, why would anyone in America ask? No one cares. Multiple mm-hmm. characters don't give a shit where he's from because they don't. All they care about is making money. America. Mm-hmm. But we have some trivia now for people who may want a bit of trivia about Mr. Nico Bellic. So Nico is referenced in an episode of the TV series Criminal Minds, one of my personal favorite TV shows. Uh, in the episode, a missing child is reported as being named Nico Bellic, to which senior agent Rossi immediately catches on. Nico Bellic is the name of the character in Grand Theft Auto 4, to which his co-workers stare at him in disbelief, prompting him to reply, What? I know things. And that's the one where they keep all the names, like the aliases that the missing person uses. They keep using video game characters and he knows them all. And he's like, oh, right. People don't know Rossi is played by Joe Mantegna, <laughs> who is the voice of Fat Tony. Oh, so you know, I imagine cool. Fat Tony being like, I play Grand Theft Auto. And I think it's a nod to the fact <laughs> he plays gangsters in his um, uh, other roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nico has unique quotes when failing certain missions. Some quotes include, fuck, fuck, fuck. I have got to stop fucking this shit up. This place is not so much of a fucking holiday. And Roman, I should have never read your fucking emails and stayed away. <laughs> Forgot that's why he comes over. Yeah, to get a job. Roman makes it out that he's like Living this large, like, yeah. really rich playboy that's got this amazing life. And then he comes over to Roman's flat and it's like a shitty one bed stink hole. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, according to Roman, Nico was a reckless driver in his home country, which, mem- you notice, is not clarified. When destroying mm-hmm. Roman's cab during Easy Fair, Roman will joke how Nico always blows up normal cars but doesn't crash the tank from back home. <laughs> in a conversation with Manny Escuela during the Escuela of the Streets, he claims that he stalks a woman in Europe and knows the correct distance to keep behind a target vehicle. The reason for this is never stated, but he could have been joking. You know, he wasn't. It's revealed, um, if you date the character Alexandra Chilton, that Nico has a very large penis. She refers to a blog as Nico's bulging package and how well hung he is. After Nico sleeps with her for the first time, she writes on her blog that she is to discuss this with her friends, Heidi and Paige. Alex also comments that he can be rough and kinky, including a session where he bullfrogged her over a washing machine, which she recorded as he spanked her with a frying pan. Does the idea of Nico Bellic, like, yeah, why not? Oh, why didn't we get, like, the hot coffee mod for uh, GTA 4? Mm -hmm. Just watching people spank each other with frying pans. Yeah, as Nico is the protagonist of GTA 4, he doesn't have a defined favourite radio station. Might comment on any radio station that is great when switching to a station in a taxi. However, he does state his opinions about some music genres. For example, he says he likes rap, but he's not crazy about it. You also note that he is um, a fan of um, uh, reggae when talking to Little Jacob, who's like Rastafarian, noting that the city has some powerful music. 
And he says yeah. that you will eventually warm up to the reggae radio station if you hang out with little Jacob a lot. Which goes to show, you know, he's listening to little Jacob's music and just grows to enjoy it as he spends time with him. Does it mention if he's got a comment about the removed music? Uh, no, he doesn't, no. It does say, <laughs> though, that if you um, switch to the right-wing joke state, like the Fox News equivalent in-game, he will refer to it as that stupid right-wing station. If, if you steal money from a cash register in Liberty City, Nico will say, forgive me, and then leave. <laughs> and then um, uh, Lester Crest mention of Nico going quiet um, uh, in his GTA 5 like, you know, Easter egg nod. Um, it could be a reference to Nico's voice actor, Michael Hollick's dispute with Rockstar Games, resulting in his refusal to um, voice Nico any further. And if people don't know, Michael Hollick was paid $50,000 to um, voice Nico, which sounds like a lot of money. And so you realize that Grand Theft Auto 4 made like a billion dollars and he gets no residuals for that. I wonder how many copies of like GTA 4 were sold. Yeah. Because it's like one of the best-selling games of all time because it's a GTA game. Of course, yes. Um, so I'll quickly just like have a little check. Um I mean, straight away, it says, like, GTA 4 sold over 6 million copies in the first week. Yeah, because I think, the, like, people, when they hear this, it's like, well, $50,000 sounds like a lot of money until you realize, well, he works on this game for, like, three years. So if you mm-hmm. put, divide that, okay, so for three years' work, on and off, $50,000 is less than minimum wage. And he gets no, yeah, no, he gets no residuals. Yeah, and on and off. But yeah, there's no residuals, there's no like extra money for how well it's sold or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those yeah. things of like, it kind of sucks for like the guy who's like, you know, a influential part of the industry, an influential part of gaming history, and he gets absolutely nothing in return for, you mm-hmm. know, the continu- continued success of this series. So that's like the thing people, like, I think it was something like trending yesterday, some guy who was like, getting dunked on for just being so wrong. Like, nobody deserves to get paid for, like, you know, one time. Like, uh, something like, nobody deserves to keep getting paid for work they did years ago. And it's like, oh, that guy is going to learn in real time that if you do something that people um, uh, don't like or do like, you know, it's going to continue getting interacted with long after it gets created. He's going to learn firsthand that things will continue getting interacted with long after um, they have been created for better or worse, and uh, you should still get credit and or recognition for that. But most, they should, yeah. Most people can't pay their bills with credit or recognition, so they prefer money instead. And um, I did just check, and it was said as of 2013, which is when uh, Five came out, mm-hmm. GTA Four had sold at least 25 million copies. Yep. So it's like, yeah, 25 million copies are like what you know, 50 quid, 60 dollars. And the guy saw 50 grand out of it. Yeah. But, yeah. There's a reason yeah, it's that... Like, uh, it's a thing in the industry. want to get paid for the work. Like, there's currently like a whole ongoing thing now of, like, you know, people deserve to be fairly compensated for their work. And if that work continues to earn profit for the company that ultimately owns it, the people who help create it should get kickbacks from that. They should get their share. Same thing like, you know, we make YouTube videos. This YouTube video will continue to earn money as long as it's on YouTube and YouTube is running ads against it. And as long as YouTube's running ads against this content and they're making money, we should get our cut. I don't think anyone's going to argue that's like that's not a fair deal. If you continue to earn money, if what the company who owns it is well, YouTube doesn't own it, but the company who's hosting it 
continues to mm-hmm. earn money from it, we should get our share. As Imagine reading the headline that whatever thing that you've worked on is the fastest selling thing in the industry mm-hmm. of all time. Like Grand Theft Auto 4 at the time was the fastest selling video game of all time. Yeah. Imagine reading that in the headlines and going, oh, cool. Like, uh, gonna get a bonus out of this or something? Well, no, no, no. Fuck no. you. You're, you got paid once, right? It was like, oh, okay, yeah. in which case then, like, what about, do the executives, do they just get that? No, no, they, they get a bonus based on how well the game did. Because that's the mm. thing, isn't it? It's like, the executives will get a bonus based on how well the game did. Yeah. The company still makes money for every copy of that sold. They'll still get their residuals every time, you know, a copy is going on sale on Steam or something. Rockstar still gets their share of that money. And we're not arguing that just the protagonist should get that. No, like, you know, the employees in general should get a kickback if you, like, make a successful product. Yeah, and it's that thing of, like, I'm not sure exactly how you'd work it out, but I would presume, like, you know, the company who handles, say, like, you know, localization, they will probably just have, like, you know, an argued share of the eventual income it makes. And any company that's like, well, that's not sustainable, it's like, it is, because the executives get, like, millions of dollars when these things do well. Because that's the thing, ultimately, as well, everyone says, well, you can't be expected to be paid forever. It's like, well, they're not. But if the game keeps being successful, if the piece of media is successful for 25 years and continues to earn money for the person who owns the rights to it for those 25 years, the people who helped create that thing should arguably be entitled to a a presenting right. You know, that's equal to the amount of work they did on the project. People are still streaming Seinfeld to this day. Yeah. On loop. What's that? The story about, like, you know, all the actors from France. They still get, Mm -hmm. they still make, like, millions of dollars every year in syndication rights. Because they argued for points on the back end. Mm -hmm. which you know they should be entitled to it's like you know if the company who owns friends is continuing to create or like make profit off of your likeness your work your acting you you, you should be entitled um, to a share of that the opposite story of that of like the person that made squid game oh yeah had been trying to sell it trying to sell it for like so long that they just agreed to a deal which just got them to make the product and like fair enough yeah Mm -hmm. but it means that they then made like i think it was like the highest grossing thing netflix had ever thing or like one of the best things that netflix had ever done in terms of like, it was a cultural phenomenon yeah for netflix and they go and they just walked away with their first solitary paycheck and that was it yeah. and i don't think anyone's gonna like argue well there's not there's gonna be no non-asshole out there who's gonna be like hey that guy doesn't deserve to get paid because, you know, as long as Netflix is continuing to earn money off subscriptions and people watching that and like their view time numbers go up and they can report that to their shareholders, who they, they get their... I'd say the shareholders get a payout. What the fuck did they do? Yeah, and it's like there was, there was a sizable growth in Netflix when Squid Game was released and there's literal data to prove that they like had an impact on that company yeah. and they get nothing for it. It's a, a fascinating discussion <clears throat> to have. Um, because like, it's so strange when there are people like the people on the other side who get annoyed like, well I don't keep getting paid for my job and it's like well did your job create value for something you probably should maybe you should join a union so like you know you can all band <laughs> together and talk about that so like don't be the dickhead who pulls the ladder up behind them or worse yet hasn't even climbed up the ladder and keeps kicking people off of it like let them climb up and then they'll put their hand down and help you mm-hmm there's enough money out there. It's just that it's the wrong people holding on to all of it. Exactly. And that person is Nico Bellic after I play him because there's nothing to buy in <laughs> GTA 4. 
So you end up just spending money on rocket launchers because you've got nothing else to spend it on. It literally just hoards well. Yeah, well, thing, because you can, there's nothing to spend it on. There isn't. There's nothing you can there's buy in GTA 4. Like rocket final... launchers and clocking bell, and that's about it. That's the thing, like, you've, like by the time you've like, got to the end of the game, you've got like half a million quid in your bank account. And, like rocket launchers, you get them for free. Because you <laughs> met your friends with little Jake, who was like, hey, here's a rocket launcher, and you're like, cool. Yeah, that was um, Nico Bellic from GTA 4. A, a game that, you know, I think is one of the weaker entries in the series, to be fair, but I still miss that physics engine. That's the one, yeah. Like, it's probably not the most fondly remembered, like, because GTA 5 is just such a phenomenon. Like, mm-hmm. continues to earn money to this day. Like, it still makes like a million pounds a day, I think, in just shark card sales and online sales and stuff like that. But GTA 4. Never forget, they had like a billboard in Times Square with Nico's face on it. Like, this game was an event. Yeah, fastest selling game of all time at the time. Yep. So, it's like, yeah, it's all thanks to Nico Bellic. Just wanted to go bowling. (laughs) All right, so I guess, uh, like, so people in the audience, like, let us know which wiki you thought won this week. Yeah, and thank you all for joining along and. Talking about whatever you know, random tangents we went on this week. Yeah, talking so about we, video we, games. We mostly just wanted to talk about physics in video games, didn't we? <laughs> just physics and will bang, okay? <laughs> just say, I just wanted to bang you. Goodbye. <laughs> like, the best bit about that shit post, like, will bang, okay, is like the fact that the character he's saying it to is like a hospital bed. And it's like, do you remember? Like they're in the hospital bed on the drip, dying. And it's like, you hear like the flatline tone. It's like, he's like, well, bang, okay. <laughs> Fucking commander shit. I'm going to be saying that so much during the playthrough later. <laughs> Every time you speak to him, I'm like, well, bang, okay. You've got to get that as a sound clip that plays and people sub. Oh, God. Get, isolate the sound clip that. and make it like the sound thing that plays when people <laughs> sub. It's like, well, bang, okay. 